everyone, and welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. I hope you are all well into your binging of holiday horror movies and are ready for the conversation that I had this week with BP, who is the creator of the Let's Talk Horror podcast and YouTube channel. He revealed to me that he's actually never been scared by a horror movie before, which I thought was amazing. How he got started with Let's Talk Horror and how he's going to be introducing his young daughter to horror movies. We also bonded over our lack of enthusiasm for Malignant, and he told me why he'll never watch another Exorcist movie ever again, and lastly, what he thinks is one of the most important movies to ever be made, not just horror. And as a note from last week's episode with Ian Austin, around the 31 minute mark, he said he wasn't sure whether the script or the gore of the Saw sequels would offend me, and I said I thought the gore would, but I can safely say that it was the script that disturbed me more because the writing is not great in the sequels. Anyways, as always, please take a second to rate and review us wherever you listen, and let's get into my conversation with BP from Let's Talk Horror. Hey, BP, how are you? I'm all right. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show. Living the dream as usual. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm excited to talk to you. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Well, I mean... I just do horror stuff. <laughs> that's pretty much it. I, you know, I'm an old guy. Uh, I'm an old school horror fan, and and that's pretty much what I do. Is just talk about horror and and do that on the podcast, the YouTube channel, and absolutely everywhere on socials. And you know, just <laughs> it just runs my life. Nice. And <laughs> clearly, you're not in the states. You're in England. That's right, little English boy. Nice. So what part of England? We're about as down the south as you can possibly go. So we got the beach, but as everybody knows, especially in the US, that we don't really get the weather to go on the beach. So it's just pretty much stones and, and you just look at it all the time going, I wish I was there. I studied abroad in London during college and I loved the weather. I loved the rain and the cloudiness, so it did not bother me. Yeah, um, yeah, um, it might do if, if it's all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? So it's, it, this is always a difficult one. In all honesty, I cannot ever point out what a definitive favourite scary movie is because I've, I've watched so many ever since I was a little kid. Like That's where it all started with me. And also my brain is rubbish and I can't remember hardly anything. So it's so difficult for me to pick one. So what I do is I have sort of a cheat code for it because there's a film that is my favourite film of all time that fits within every genre. So it's Donnie Darko. That is, that is a film that fits, I feel, within every genre. So that's how I get out of it. But when it comes to your definitive favourite, it's so difficult for me. It's a question that I get asked every single day. And I'm like, I don't know. Sorry. Oh, do you have any comfort horror movies that you go to? When yeah. You're just like, what are those? Yeah. So The Shining is what that's weird, isn't it? But The Shining is one of my comfort movies i don't know what it is about it but it's one of those films that i just sort of put on and i don't know i just enjoy it so much and i've watched it so many times but it just sort of becomes like a part of you uh, that's definitely one of my comfort ones alien is another one that's sort of a comfort i don't know what it is it's basically all the insane messed up ones <laughs> that end up being my comfort ones but a lot of that is all nostalgia so you get so much of that when you're a kid, like the Lost Boys as well is one that I can just put on, enjoy, uh, and you never get bored of them. And you can watch them one night and then put it on the night after and you're like, well, it's always yeah. the same. It's always <laughs> good. Awesome. I still haven't seen the Lost Boys. Well, the modern day, like when you got into the 2000s, it was all about having sexy vampires. Mm. and uh, that's all it became about like they would stand by a fireplace and just brood for a while and that was pretty <laughs> much the whole film but but the lost boys is just like a goonies-esque adventure with vampire and horror so it sort of ticks every box especially if you're like an 80s kid like me then it ticks everything yeah donnie darko is a really interesting favorite movie i've only seen it once my high school boyfriend knew that i liked jake gyllenhaal so he gave me a copy of that movie without me ever having seen it so I've only watched it once. He it, it is Jake Gyllenhaal dealing with DID or 
Yeah. So it's well, I think that's one of the things that sort of what what I really connected to because I watched this. It was such an interesting film, Donnie Darko, for me because I watched this probably about two or three years before it even got out here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, because I used to get a lot of imported DVDs, and when that film came out, I was really impressionable because I was sixteen years old. So at that time, you know, I was trying to find myself and trying to figure out the world and all that sort of stuff. You know, as you do as a teenager, and that film came out and. It was the film that's perfect on its own, but the character, like you're saying, you know, with what Donnie Darko, you know, what he has, what he's dealing with. And it just really like got got to the core of me and my mentality at the time. And, and you know, any problems and issues that I was dealing with, it just really got hold of me. And, you know, sort of unlike any other film it's done on, on sort of, a, you know, a mentality and an emotional level. It was pretty insane, that film, when I watched it the first time. It was like a proper revelation, but... It's yes, an insane f- film to be a favorite film of all time because you know, not I mean, not even that much happens in it, but it's just yeah. <laughs> it's just such a good one. But it's always one of those that you revisit. But I purposely refuse, like I stop myself watching it. I I I, I give myself like three four years before I watch it again because I got to a point where I was like, I can just tell everything off by art. <laughs> That's awesome. And you also said you really like The Shining. I know that the UK cut of The Shining is different than the US cut of The Shining, right? It's shorter. Yes, there. I know that there is differences, but I don't think I've ever seen the US cut. Like, it'd be interesting. I'd like to see it because it'd be really interesting to see what differs and what changes. It's just, you know, any any version of that film I get a chance to see, I want to see it. Yeah, I really want to see the UK cut after I heard that it was shorter and like more concise because I think the original is really it drags a little bit for me personally. So, yeah, I'm on I'm on like a a hunt to find that in a way that in a like a version or edition DVD that I can watch here on my DVD player. So we'll see. Um, So how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? So the like so many of us at a really young age yeah it, uh, well do you know what it's quite funny so my daughter is now 10 and i have sort of figured out through her growing up and through where she is at school and her age where it really so i was trying to pinpoint where i sort of knew where it all started so i believe so the first film that i ever saw that's like a horror or i consider a horror aspects of it is alien that was the first one i ever watched and i was about six or seven Oh, wow. So it started really young. And the reason I sort of know that it's really young is because before I was 10, I was pure. I was properly, purely obsessed with horror to the point that I was stealing Fangoria magazines from my local news agents. And then I was taking them to school and then they would get taken off me and then I'd get in right, you know, trouble with my mum. But 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 yeah, so from a really young age, I was like really obsessed with horror because I I've. I'm in love with movies and, and cinema in itself. And outside of all the podcasts and YouTube, everything like that, I've outside of it is acting and filmmaking is what I've always wanted to do with my life. So when I started for, first watching these movies, I just, I just connected with them and I just love the idea of what they were doing. And I really, you know, I could take myself out of it at a very young age of going, Oh, you know, I've never been scared by a horror film and I really want to be scared by a horror film, but it's because my brain just tells me it's not real. So from a very young age, I was so interested in the aspects of how and why they did these things in horror. So yeah, it started really young for me. So say probably about six or seven. And after alien, I know the next one after that was the evil dead was what I watched the first one. And that got me majorly hooked and majorly into the idea of filmmaking and just, you know, being the kid that goes to school, being like, have you seen this? And they're like, no, of course I haven't, because I'm a kid. Have you made any films yet? So, yeah, I made a short film. It's it's quite funny, but basically I was a kid. I wanted to be an actor, like literally the sec- from about seven years old, I always wanted to be an actor and filmmaker. And then I didn't really have anyone there to sort of support me as a kid to help me along that journey. Then I got older and then took myself down the wrong path of doing all the things that I really shouldn't have done in life. And that's my own fault. I've only got myself to blame for that. And because of that, I never really got to continue that journey that I wanted to continue um, until I got myself uh, in a way better place. And I managed to make a short film 
It was the first short film I ever made and it did really well. I got to go and watch it at a big fancy hotel and a big cinema and it had like a little premiere sort of thing. Did really well. And then I got a load of buzz buzz around it and, you know, I was living the dream, you know, beyond excited. And then and then we found out we have my daughter. So <laughs> so so it was literally a few months. It was I think it was about three months after I had released that, gone and done all this stuff. And uh, yeah, then we found out we have my daughter. So for the last 10 years, she's been my priority number one. But fingers crossed this year will be the year that I there's something in the works. Let's just say that fingers crossed that I'm excited about. But, you know, life is life. We'll never know. Yeah. Oh, well, hopefully uh, we'll hear about it in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I love your Benny doll that I see that you have behind you. Oh, Benny. Yeah, I yeah. love Benny. Yeah, I have one over there. You can't see him, though. Nice. So did you get it from Dread Central? Yes, I think. No, where did I get it? No, I didn't actually, because Dread Central is the because everything is it. Everything good is in the US. So from the UK, there's nothing horror wise. This is the problem with the UK. We've got so much of a horror community over here, but there's not everything that we get has to be pretty much imported. So I ended up having to get that from the official whoever produces it. I can't remember who it is, but the the official producers, I had to get it off them. Oh. to to get it to me basically so i ended up getting it and then every now and it goes off while i'm sleeping and wakes me up which is really creepy oh yeah no mine yeah. never never has so. yeah my house Ooh. is definitely haunted <gasps> oh well you will have to tell me more about that in a little bit because <laughs> i would burn my house to the ground and leave if that was the case for me <laughs> personally so i want to hear how you deal with that but speaking of horror communities and I think you would agree that horror fans are like some of the nicest people, even though we watch, watch all this dark shit. Absolutely. So why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? It's a good question, isn't it? It's just, I don't know. I mean, are we so insane that, <laughs> that that's what I wonder? Like, have we gone past the edge, the point of sanity that we've gone so insane that it's just normal? I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you're you're exactly right. We, I think it's just the outsiders aren't we like what like you know it's that outsider spirit you know and that rebellious spirit that we have as you know because once again like when you're watching horror whether you are a kid you're like i shouldn't be watching this and as an adult there's still that nostalgia that aspect of going no matter what like if you're watching a film like the sadness for example which is like one of the most messed up films i've seen for ages you know but even then you're like I feel naughty watching this. I shouldn't be watching it. And I think, you know, we always, as a community, we have that, this camaraderie because of things like that, that makes us almost, you know, like, like a community, like a big old massive family of horror fans that, you know, the conversations I've got to have, like with yourself and with everybody, other podcasters, other horror fans, you know, online, people that listen to the shows or have met me at conventions and stuff like that. Like, there's never been anything bad and it's only from the outside of people who don't like all this sort of stuff who like i've mentioned before who've calling me the devil and say i'm a satanist and all that sort of stuff um which i'm not but you know it, it's just insane you know just like like this this amazing community that we have and it's just difficult to pinpoint as to why or why do you have you have you got a theory i want to know if you think there's to why there's just a united sort of front for, for horror fans together. I think, I think we are, I think we are actually sane and we put ourselves yeah. through this, you know, emotional trauma just, and we're more resilient because of it. So we're yes. more empathetic. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think, I mean, I've, I'm so desensitized because of all of this that I think it actually means that it opens me up to the other, the other aspects of, of life. Yeah. that that you know but yeah what what an amazing group of people you know yeah so what scares you in movies today and also in real life oh it's a tough one isn't it i'm gonna make myself sound like a like i'm trying to be a double r bastard and i but i'm not but i as i said earlier i've i've never been scared by a film and it sucks like i want to be just once again, purely because of the way that my mind works, I was just so focused on the aspects of how and why and cinematography and everything from such a young age that it took me out of it. But one thing that I always find 
that is a little bit creepy is concepts. That's what freaks me out a little bit. For example, the concept of like Freddy Krueger himself isn't really scary because it's Robert Englund and he he loses every fight he has in Nightmare on Elm Street. I could I could beat the shit out of him, but it's the concept of Freddy, the fact that he can go into your dreams and kill you and you know do all this sort of stuff. That is is you know is frightening and creepy to to a point because it, it could happen. You know. Same as Candyman, for example. Candyman is another one, obviously, you know, expertly played by Tony Todd, which is one of my favourite performances ever. But the way that, you know, he plays the character as well is 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 quite freaky, quite scary, quite creepy, because he's amazing. But it's the concept of it that you could go and do something, think of nothing of it, and then just, you know, get a bloody hook in your face. So, so yeah, I've never been massively thought of going i'm scared of that nothing scares me in movies or horror but it's the concepts that always linger with me afterwards in real life i'm not really i don't know i've just i think i've been so desensitized by it all i'm not really scared of anything i I suppose the only thing i would be i'm scared of is is you know is anything happening to to the people that matter you know that that's that's the way you get scared you know like i'm i'm one of those very overprotective dads who doesn't want anything ever to to happen but no i'm just i'm not really scared of anything and that makes me sound like i'm just you know making it up i'm not i'm you know i try not to be i don't know but if something happens i'll let you know all right cool i'll i'll wait for an update um, <laughs> but speaking of looking for a movie to scare you have you seen a serbian film yeah, do you know what you're? Yeah, that's probably where it gets gets you, isn't it? I think it's it's once again it's the idea possibly, but I I I purposely don't watch those sort of films. Okay. I stay away from them because there's I think there's a level. What I hate within horror is films that are purely made to shock, but on you know an unethical or just you know an inhuman way. You know you have things like Human Centipede. That's purely just made to be what it is. That's what it's there for. You know, I don't enjoy the movie, but it's just there to be what it is to make money because people will go and see it and go, oh, that's weird. And the same with things like Serbian film. That's the way I see it. There, recently, there was a film called Speak to Me. I think it was Speak to Me. Talk to Possibly. Me. No, no. Talk to Me was what I just watched. But there was a theory. I think it was called Speak to Me. No, it's probably not that. Old. No, Speak No Evil. Sorry. Speak, speak No, speak evil, no yeah. evil. That's it. I got there in the end. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And purely because you take nothing away from it apart from just the fact that you could potentially be the, you know, like you're sad, you're miserable. It's not nice. And there's no comfort in that movie. There's no, you know, relief in it. It's just horrible all the way through and then just ends up horrible. And I don't like them. Horror's not like that. Horror's supposed to be fun. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I've only watched Speak No Evil once and I was shocked by the ending, but also really mad because I was like, why did they not leave earlier? And I know yeah. they tried to, but like, leave the bunny, like leave the stuffed animal. You need Just to leave, leave and that's it. And, but with me, like once again, because my brain, when I watch movies, I, I overcomplicate the process because of the acting and filmmaking side of it. So when I'm watching them, I'm always looking at things and what can I take from it and so on. And when I watch films like that, I'm like, as a filmmaker, what makes you want to make something that's good that's going to make everybody so bloody miserable? <laughs> Yeah. So speaking of Talk To Me, you said you saw it. What did you think of it? I saw it last night as well. I got to see an early screening of it a couple of weeks ago. And it, yeah, it's fantastic. It's yeah. it's so cool. It's I, I don't like to give out spoilers. I won't or anything. Yeah. But by now, people would have probably seen it. But it was one of those films that was generating a lot of buzz. And sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know. But then I saw it and it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad you liked it. I found it a little boring so oh really well that's i mean that's uh, this is what's this is i mean i say this all the time but this is why i love horror because these are the conversations i love having because everyone's so different in regards to the films there's so many films that like we all agree on and so on like that but with horror there's it's it's never definitive of what people are going to think of it like so like there's going to be like talk to me for example you you know you feel about it how you feel and then i feel about it how i feel and we get that so often in horror within the movies i i love that i really love it because you know then you you never know what people are going to think yeah i think it was overhyped for me i think i was expecting too much all oh, right. Okay. 
I maybe didn't like it because I didn't like the the teenagers and we didn't yeah. get to really know them. So I didn't care about them that much. I was like, nah, whatever. <laughs> so what's your favorite subgenre in horror? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I, I, what I'll say is one that I regret later because once again, just like my favorite movie, I don't know. But I always end up going back to, like every time I do, I, as I say, I overthink things. So I start thinking about the films that I loved, you know, in the 80s and the 90s and stuff like that. So I would probably say that off the top of my head is something like, say, body horror. Because there's something so incredible about thing films like the thing and the fly and films like that where not like to me they are some of the greatest films that's ever been made period you know in general not just in horror but in cinema in general because there's so much to them there's so many layers but it's the it's it's the fact that you're watching something with all these incredible effects that people made and ever since that's why i was stealing fangoria magazines when i was a kid because i wanted to look at how they did these things. And Fangoria used to be like, here's this special effects eyes, you know, Rob Bottin or something like that. And they'd be like, this is how Rob Bottin did this for the thing. And you would learn stuff and you were like, and it, it was just absolutely incredible to find out how they did it. But like, obviously we don't really get that now because everything's done by some bloke sitting on a computer and presses a button. But back then, yeah, it was all, you know, it was all made. It was all real and stuff. So it's like, I'm really interested in the, not just body horror or those sort of films. I'm I'm just interested in the thought of sitting there, you know, as a kid and as an adult going, how the fuck did they do all this? <laughs> I wonder, speaking of body horror and the sadness, I wonder how many gallons of fake blood they went through. I'm, I, I can assume a lot. That's a tough watch, that one, sometimes. Like, mm. yes, it's mad. It's one of those films where I'm like, People always like, well, what films? I like messed up films. And even if they tell me that, I'm like, do I recommend the sadness to them? Because <laughs> that gets tough. Yeah, I saw it. It was like the closing night of a film festival in New York. And they were like, this is one of the most sadistic films we've ever seen. So get ready. Enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, strap yourself in. But what I find interesting about this film, I was talking about it the other day. And... Yeah, it has all these really horrible stuff that happens in it. You you know, and, and you sort of, some point you know where it's going to go and you're like, please don't go there. And then sometimes you're like, I don't know where it's going to go. But what I really find quite interesting is the decisions that they made as filmmakers in it because there's points where they're going to those points, but they don't take it too far by showing you everything because they know. So there's still, even though they're making a film where they're like, we're going to make everybody probably throw up watching this. There was still a level of sort of understanding that there's a level and there's a limit and they didn't want to go over that limit. They went right up to the edge of it and then we're like, no, that's it. We can't show that. And I thought that was quite interesting. There was a couple of times in it where there's some really horrible bits that they're doing. And then they sort of like, let's not, let's not take it to that point, but we'll go just before it. But it's still messed up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who are your favorite horror directors uh so john carpenter he's you know he's a master he's i just i just love him you know the guy's made two of my favorite films of all time halloween and the thing uh i love how he is john carpenter you know through and through he makes john carpenter movies he doesn't make hollywood movies where they're like you've got to do this and he's like no he's just a you know he's a grumpy old man he wants to make whatever he wants and you can see that in films like big trouble little china and stuff even if he gets a budget to do a movie he's going to be like no i'm going to do a john carpenter movie still and I, I i just love him for that other than that not that he really makes horror so much but david finch is a huge influence on me for a filmmaker and stuff as well seven is one of the most perfect movies that's ever been made and then I'm a massive Spielberg fan as well. Yeah, and Wes Craven as well. Wes Craven is is such an incredible director. And uh, the the fact that he's essentially reinvented the genre, you know, through Nightmare on Elm Street with the concept and bringing it into what it is and what it was going to be. And then he came back and then did Scream. And that like completely revolutionized everything again and made horror fun and cool again and made me want to be Skeet Ulrich. You know, it's, it, it, there's so many. But once again, I think that they all get 
you know, in regards to cinema, just like everything in horror, they never get the respect that they should because these are filmmakers that have created films that have, you know, helped create so much for cinema, not just within horror. You know, we all know horror make, uh, makes money at the box office. And if it wasn't for these filmmakers doing it, then we wouldn't be, you know, where we are within horror, within cinema now. And uh, they never get enough credit. Yeah. Wes Craven also reinvented horror when he did the last house last house on the left yeah yeah and and the hills of eyes as well and it's so interesting to see his journey because you look at those films and they're all dirty and gritty and almost sort of like texel chainsaw-esque you know what i mean that sort of style and then he turns something into you know creates nightmare on elm street which is all full-on 80s aesthetics and the hair and clothes and you know johnny depp's got a crop top and everything like that and i wish that would come back i tell you but but then then he goes and makes something completely aesthetically different in Scream, and it's just what an incredible director. I like I I'm you know like everybody in the horror community, we're so so gutted he's gone because you know that he would pop up and make something Im- immensely incredible and definitive. Yeah. So I have to ask: Have you introduced your daughter to horror yet, or do you plan to? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so I, it's quite funny. She keeps on coming home from school and she's like, all these kids keep telling me about these horror films that everyone's watching and they're like it and stuff like that. And I'm like, like the new ones. And there's like, you know, there's a lot of violence and stuff like that. And I'm, and I'm like, why are they letting their kids watch them? But no, I, I'm one of those where I've seen them all. I know the limits and I know what I think that she can deal with. And she wants to watch more and she wants to watch all the worst ones. And I'm like, no, it's not happening. So her favorite film of all time is Jaws. That's her favorite film of all time. She loves it. She's obsessed with it. She, so she's seen a few, she has seen the lost boys. She loves that, but there's only a certain level that I let her go, let her go to at the moment. So she's, she's only really into like the fun horrors at the moment. We did watch Deadstream recently mm. and that's like because that's such a fun film and she she loved it. As soon as the you know the ghost thing was putting his fingers up fingers up his nose, she <laughs> was in absolute hysterics. Yeah. But yeah, think, so she she's she's there, but not yet. Yeah, I think I think it's totally reasonable not to want to show your your nine year old the sadness. So <laughs> <laughs> if there's people in the world that do, I tell you, that's uh... insane, right? Right. Yeah. At least at least wait until they're 10. I did a, I did a convention not long ago where I was promoting the show. It's the first one I did. And it was quite difficult because obviously it's a convention. There's kids there and stuff like that. And I'm there standing there talking about horror and kids are coming up to me and they're like, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And I'm like, no, nah, you shouldn't be watching this. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? So I was just like, no, I can talk to your parents about it. I'm not talking to the kids about it. And some kid came up and it's like, oh, have you seen Terrifier? And I'm like, man, like you should not be watching that. <laughs> Like you, I need to have, I literally had to, I had, there was a couple of parents where I had a word with them and I was like, do you let your kids watch this? I don't want to be the one of those people, but I'm like, you, you know, there's some, there's levels, there's levels yeah. and your kid's going to grow up an absolute mental if he's watching <laughs> that. Yeah. I'm not even old enough to see Terrifier yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the creator of a YouTube channel called Let's Talk Horror, as well as a podcast by the same name. How long have you been doing both? So I first started it during the first lockdown because like so many people in the world at that time, I was, you know, my mental health was to shit. And I was in one of the worst places I've been for a long, long time. And once I couldn't go out, do filmmaking or acting. I couldn't even think about it. Like we were all prisoners. We were trapped. There was nothing we could do. And I was really in a really bad way. And I was speaking to my friends quite a lot. And, but yeah, they were like, well, look, why don't you just try doing a podcast and and figure it out that way? And I was just like, well, that's that's quite interesting. It, you know, I'm a creative person. I have to be doing something. I can't. I'm one of those people that I can't just sit still and and do stuff. So. I've got to be doing something. And if I'm not, then that drives me insane. So I started a podcast and it's saying the first. So I oh God knows how long ago that is. It seems like a million years ago now. But I started during the first lockdown, and and yeah, and just you know, it's been going ever since then started the youtube channel the youtube channel was always going to be essentially a bigger part of it but but it, but that takes more time the youtube stuff is a lot more complicated there's a lot more time that you have to spend doing it and and planning things and stuff so the youtube now is sort of up and running in a way but there's going to be a lot more coming with the youtube channel soon as well so yeah so i've been doing it for a bit now but you know there's been there's been ups and downs like there is in everything and sometimes i'm like i'm never doing this again i want to stop and then people are like oh i really like your podcast and i'm like oh thanks i best not stop them (laughs) 
what can people expect in the future from you on YouTube? So this is so this this what I'm on now is the start of an incredibly busy month. But coming up on the YouTube, I've got a an interview. I can't really say too much about it at the moment, but then maybe by the time this is out, it might be out. I don't know. But it's I'm I've got an interview with all I can say is I've got an interview with a director of a movie that's been doing the rounds. It's created quite a lot of buzz. Most of that is because of the incredible poster that it's put out which really doesn't give anything away. But basically, I'll have an interview up on there at some point. It'll be the first one I've done. And then I will continue my reviews. I continue doing little videos on there like YouTube Shorts, where every single week I do a BP Recommends. So that's where every week I put out a, a like a 60-second video where I just recommend a movie within the genre. And if people want to go and watch them, then they can. If they don't, that's up to them. And then I also do horror news, but there's not always news. so. I don't always do them. So, yeah, there's always stuff. The YouTube channel is going to get a lot bigger than what it is sort of at the moment. It's just uh, takes a lot of planning, takes a lot of stuff. And then obviously, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, I will be doing this actual short film this year as well, which I'm really excited about. And so is my daughter because she's going to be in it and she gets to beat me up in it. So that's exciting. That's exciting. I hope I hope it happens. Who is your dream guest for your podcast or your channel, your YouTube channel? So, I mean, Bruce Campbell would be the one because, I mean, who most people do want to, but it's Bruce Campbell. And you know that you would get the most entertaining conversation and podcast. You know, you know that as an episode, it would be amazing. But as a fan, it would be incredible because I'm a massive Bruce Campbell fan. I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. So that would be a big one to have. Because I'm constant, consciously thinking about, you know, who would people like to have on the show? For me, yeah, I'd love to have a conversation with John Carpenter. Do I think it would probably be an interesting episode? Probably not. But but yeah, so Bruce Campbell would probably be the one. Or maybe Ski Ulrich, just because of my love for him. Oh, that's cool. So if people wanted to go check out your podcast and your YouTube channel, what would you say people should check out first? Like what episodes? Oh, check out, definitely check out the podcast because the podcast is continuous. So every month you get a new episode. You get guests and sometimes they're solo episodes. When I first started the show, because I didn't know what I was doing and I just wanted to express my love for horror and talk about things I loved. The first episodes are all solo episodes. And luckily people enjoy, I thought people would find them boring as fuck, but luckily people didn't and listened. And then I started getting people asking if they could be guests. So the show goes between having amazing guests on the show, which I'm so grateful I get to talk to these incredible people about. And then it has solo episodes as well every now and again. So definitely go and check out the podcast. I always say, check out the latest and work yourself backwards. Um, because the latest one is going to be essentially what the show is going forward because it's going to be, you know, the newest aspect and I'm more comfortable obviously in new episodes. You know, the more you do and the more you go on, the more you enjoy it, the more you're not having panic attacks and anxiety every single second, although I still do. So, yeah, so it's, I'd say start with the newest and and work yourself backwards. If you enjoy it, if you don't like it, then I apologise. And then, yes. (laughs) No, no. No, it's not my problem. It's their problem, isn't it? But yeah, so start with a podcast and then the YouTube channel is there and there's there's already stuff on it. it. It's gone back. There is stuff from, you know, a long time ago. There's a lot of my reviews and it's always funny because my podcast is me talking essentially about my love for the films that I talk about. And on the YouTube channel, a lot of the films I talk about end up being films that I watch and didn't like. So it's sort of quite a big contrast between what I don't like and what I do like. So if people find it interesting, that's good. If they don't, then yeah. Awesome. Well, I will leave links to both of them in the show notes. Um, but Thank switching you. switching the topics a little bit, tell me about your haunted house. <laughs> well, I, I everywhere I go, I feel like there's something. My partner's convinced that everywhere I go, there's something that follows me. You know, good or bad, I don't know. But I don't believe in it all. It's just, you know, she does. So I don't believe in in ghosts and all that sort of stuff. And I always find it funny because I, I have to go through the torture of watching all these ghost programs that she puts on all the time. 
and she absolutely loves them and i watch them because i laugh my head off all the time and because uh, you know they're, they're they're there to go after all these ghosts all the time and then as soon as something happens they shit themselves and run away from it and i'm like you're there to figure this out you know and then then you know before you know it they've got 30 seasons of a bloody program where they haven't found anything so yeah so but i don't believe in it but there are things that happen my dog will spark at things that aren't there all the time i mean he is an idiot so that could be it as well but he does bark all the time at stuff that's not there you know things you know the usual little things things fall down there's a there's always something at night that my partner my daughter always feels like there's something at the bottom of the stairs all the time and i'm like no it's just your brain it's just your mind telling you but yeah there's always things but i don't know i'm not susceptible to it as they say oh that's creepy you're like Patrick Wilson in Insidious. Things just follow you. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> Things that just, you know, follow me everywhere. Oh, creepy. So an article came out in 2020 that had said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? I mean, maybe maybe it is because we're, we're so battle-hard and so desensitized to to everything that was going on that, you know, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Well, I think we're just, you know, we're just all... We're just all tougher, aren't we? I think I think our brain has made us, you know, I think sometimes it's a positive, sometimes it's a negative. You know, like my partner will tell me that I very rarely have any emotion. And I think from because, you know, from such a young age watching these films, I think it does have an effect on you, but not in a negative aspect. Just I think it prepares you for life a little bit more because sometimes you see these bad things going on. You're like, well, you know, hopefully that never happens to me. And uh, if it doesn't, I've done all right. So, yeah, I think I think it just comes down. I just think we get tougher skin. I get we I think we get tougher skins, tougher minds from watching it. I think lockdown destroyed all of us. So or the majority of us. So it made it very difficult. But maybe maybe we we handled it better than other people. Maybe you're watching, you know, Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> Definitely. I, I like to think that horror fans are more resilient because of all the stuff that we watch. So, yeah. Yeah, we've seen some nasty things. So, you know, sometimes we want to watch that. Sometimes we don't. But, you know, it's probably built up this sort of defense mechanisms within us. And, you know, God knows. <laughs> Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? Well, whatever it was, Speak No Evil, whatever, that'd be one that I'll never watch again. Hate it. Any of those sort of films like, you know, Siberian film, all those sort of films, never watch them again. I, I don't I don't ever need to watch films like that again. Yeah, any films like those, I try, and, I try and give every film a chance because ultimately they've done something that not only do I want to do, but they've done something that not many people can say they have. Every every person that made a movie has made a movie. So that's why I always try and not shit talk on so much movies because at the end of the day, people put you know their their love and heart and soul into to making something that may not have come out how they wanted to or if it came out how they wanted to and if it's shit then you know sorry is you know we had the winnie the pooh movie absolute shit but they made a movie about it and they did it that's more than what i've done absolutely pile of crap crap one of the films that i everybody absolutely loves and won awards that i absolutely despise is malignant i absolutely despise the movie Good. I'm glad you are. There's there's not many of us that do. I just despised it. I thought that when I finished watching Malignant, I was worried that I had lost 80% of my brain because I felt so dumb after watching it. I despised it. But but once again, it's one of those things where on the other side of it, I can still see why people relate to it. I can see why people enjoy it because horror changes all the time and it, and a lot of the time it's down by decades you know and i enjoy the films of the 70s and the 80s and the 90s but anybody's younger than that then they're growing up with things like saw and stuff like that and if you enjoy things like saw i found a lot of those people were the people that would enjoy something like malignant you know that more sort of hollywood style horror whereas you know walking around with a goblin on the back of the head who knows kung fu isn't exciting horror for me yeah I, I saw the twist coming from the very beginning and i don't know how yeah but yeah i expected it to be a serious horror movie so when it turned out just to be like i was like oh i'm so mad well they do the thing in that in that i absolutely not just in horror but i absolutely despise in the way cinema modern cinema is where they think that everyone can fight 
and they do a whole scene that everybody loads of people love and i'm not I, I can see why they do because it's a big spectacle you know and a big scene and it's you know but for me i'm like there's you know said there's a goblet on the goblin on the back of her head and how did he learn how to you know bruce lee everyone it's it's insane and it's all done it's all about you know, sometimes people like style over substance. I'm somebody that prefers substance over style. And if you get both, like you do in something like The Shining or The Exorcist, then then you, you've hit the jackpot. But Malignant did not. It, it's like a running joke with all of my listeners and anybody do that every time Malignant comes up, they're like, oh, no, here we go. Yeah, well, you you have a, a comrade and you're not like Malignant now. So <laughs> <laughs> There's two of us. Yes, two of us. Um, have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? I mean, I can give you, I can give you the worst experience I ever had because Alien being one of my favorite films of all time, they did a one-day showing of a re-release of a director's cut many years ago. This was years ago. So probably when I was about, I think I was 18 and they did a one-off showing. I was really excited about going to see it. Couldn't wait. I sat down in my seat and this is when I used to work at the cinema as well. So I worked at the cinema after my shift, but unfortunately, you know, that was during my dark days. I was, I didn't know what was going on and I sat down, was very excited. And then next thing I know, the credits were on. So I basically passed out and woke up on the credits and missed the whole thing and that was the only chance i had the the, the chance to watch sort of alien at the cinema and so that sucked oh yeah it does suck maybe you'll get another <laughs> chance so, i hope so <laughs> yeah that's it other than that watching the raid i know it's not horror but watching the raid and the raid 2 at the cinema was one of the best experiences i've ever had if you've ever seen the raid and the raid 2 they are if you like, you know, the most amazing fight scenes that you'll ever see, but it's incredibly violent and a lot of blood and all that sort of stuff, seeing that and you come out like you're a little kid again, like when you first watched the movie, it was amazing. <laughs> what has your favorite horror movie been that you've seen so far in 2023? Oh, that's a giveaway. Uh, I mean, so far, there's not been many. We, we, I, I've, I'm quite gutted by this year because... But then at the same time, you're like, because uh, everybody, we just go back to 2022. Like what a year last year was for horror because yeah. it was about quality and quantity. We got so many and the quality was so high that for the first time for a long, long time, it was really difficult for me to pick a top five because I always do a, like an awards at the end of the year. And I, last year was the first time I did a video one. So this year I'd do the same. But this year I'm really struggling to be like, what's going to make my top five? Like, am I just going to have to put things in there? But I really enjoyed Talk To Me. Uh, no, you didn't. Evil Dead Rise is he's pretty much the one. I think that's going to be the one at the top of a lot of people's lists. You know, yeah, Evil Dead Rise is pretty much it. You know, everything else has been mostly a letdown. Scream 6, it was so predictable and it just didn't work. It didn't work for me. Yeah. So, and I had, I had high hopes for a lot of these films, but then they disappoint me, but then yeah. that's my own fault. I did like Scream 6. I, I did not think it was predictable at all, but that's because I just can't predict movies a lot. The angry black girl and her monster was really good, but that wasn't in theaters ever. I thought Malum was pretty, it was a pretty good remake. I feel like I've watched so much on streaming this year, Yeah, but Renfield's was fun-ish. Yeah, see, I, I haven't seen Renfield because oh, okay. the inside of the problem is, is sometimes there's sometimes where I, I want to give films a chance, but then there's something in me that finds it very difficult to give it a chance because the filmmaker side of me once again takes over and is like, you know, exactly beat for beat, play by play, what's going to happen in this film. Like I can guess what's going to happen in the film with just by watching the trailer and I don't have to watch the film. And I know that part I'm not going to enjoy it apart from Nicolas Cage or who apparently isn't even in it that much. Then that's the bit I was excited about seeing, but seeing, you know, once again, another one who's, you know, knows how to fight people and it goes a bit Hollywood and all that sort of stuff. It's like, I don't know, I can't do it. But one day, one day maybe. But yeah, I've just been, I don't know whether it's because last year was so good. I don't know whether that's why I'm disappointed in this year so far. Yeah. So on that, on that note, what horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in the rest of 2023? 
I don't know. I don't know because I don't even know what's coming out. Like I, I was looking the other day and I don't know what I'm excited for. I don't, I honestly don't know what I'm excited for. The new Exorcist. Right. No, no, never. Okay. So, so I put up a post the other day where I will not be posting a single thing about the Exorcist new ones. Oh. I very rarely am I against movies getting made very rarely because i like to see everybody's depictions and differences but i do not like david gordon green i don't like him as a director i think he destroyed and ruined what halloween could have been and what it was and i think the three i know loads of people will disagree with me or some people might agree with me but i think the three halloween movies he made some of the worst three follow-on sort of movies that you could get like from a single director and that it just felt like he didn't get the agenda he didn't get what he was supposed to do you know you, he was trying to do something new and different yeah but you know he fucked it up <laughs> but yeah so with the exorcist you know the exorcist is one of the very few perfect movies the exorcist to me is one of the most important movies that ever has ever been made on every aspect it is a 10 out of 10 on every aspect when you're looking at cinematography directing score performances special effects like there is not a single thing that you you know you, you can't say it's a 10 out of 10 this is for me personally obviously that yeah everybody else might disagree but it's a 10 out of 10 in every aspect movie the exorcist so for someone that is already ruined halloween for him now i'm worried that he's now going to go and ruin the exorcist to the point that i probably won't even attempt to watch them and that never happens that never happens all right that's the problem like yeah. a lot of the time the intentions are we're going to make a really good film but then it's about figuring out what comes next and a lot of the time they don't know like insidious for example i think insidious is a very good movie it's a fantastic movie i like every, you know the all the aspects of it but then after that it just sort of became you know what could they do and it's the same with anything like you know the nun and annabelle and all that sort of stuff it just all becomes on well how do we do what comes next and does it make sense no it doesn't but it, we, we're going to make a film out of it and that's that's what happens a lot and and too often but that's because you know the state of the, the cinema industry and they've got to make as much money as possible it's just nice when we get the original movies that stand alone, you know, like they did Smile and I thought that that would be an original movie, like, well, a standalone, but now apparently they're going to be doing a sequel. So, yeah, nothing gets left alone with horror and I think that's its biggest um, problem. You know, back in the 80s, it didn't matter so much because it was just mental. Everything was mental. And then obviously in the 90s and so on, everything. once Scream came out, we got replicas and stuff, but they were still fun. But there's something about sequels now and where they follow on. They just they lose the fun. And I mean, everything's so serious now as well. So there's not there's not so much fun in horror anymore. That's why I think Evil Dead Rise did it really well, because it kept to that sort of Evil Dead-esque sort of formula where you could laugh at bits and then you could be like, oh, that's messed up. Yeah, definitely. I, I liked Evil, Evil Dead Rise a lot. Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like? <laughs> Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't even thought about that side of it. I thought I think about the films that I don't like and then people love, like Malignant. But thinking about films that love, that people hate, I honestly don't know. I think it's, I mean, it's all subjective, isn't it? It's all, you know, down to everyone. Like, I know people that don't like The Shining and stuff. And I'm like, how? Like, what's wrong with you? But then at the same time, it's like, well, you don't like it. You don't like it. And that's just the way that it is. So, yeah, so I, I don't know. That's something I have to think about because it's quite interesting, actually. What films that do I like that other people don't? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. If you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Oh, God, I was thinking about this the <laughs> other day. And there was, when I'm on the spot, my brain's like, it's like I've watched Malignant and then straight after watching Malignant, that's how my brain is when I'm on the spot. I think something that would be quite fun to do a remake is Killer Clowns from outer space that would be quite because obviously it is quite dated it is quite thing and there's still a lot of hype around that film as well you know there's a lot of fans out there of it and i think that putting the right hands you know it one it's one of those films that you could even be a sequel because it, there's, it doesn't really matter with that sort of thing but if they then tried rebooting it 
as long as it was in the right hands and they didn't go like, you know, Five Night at Freddy's where it's all serious and all that sort of stuff, I think that would be quite a fun one. I don't think that's necessarily one of the best films that's ever been made. I enjoy it, especially when I was a kid. And now I'm like, oh, that's different. But then sometimes, you know, you just you don't want a lot of them to come back. You don't want them because they they you, they lose what they were. I wrote a list down of films that I would love to direct a next film of and i was thinking that it wouldn't it be cool to have like a found footage texas chainsaw massacre movie that would be cool uh that, that would be good I'd, i would watch that because i don't really like the texas chainsaw massacre movies but doing a found footage would put a good interesting spin on it for me yeah i mean that would be really cool and, and i think that it would found footage is one of those things where where it has that gritty real rule isms you know and yeah. you know the reality of them i think that would sort of really lend quite a cool thing to to the way of the look and and the feel of texas chainsaw massacre i think that could get pretty intense but you know everyone watches so you know that would get stolen next week and i'll never make it so my final question is if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain who would it be <laughs> i mean michael myers would be all right wouldn't he because he'd just sit there he wouldn't say a word he don't he don't you know he's not going to be and i don't think you're going to get much out of him so he would just you know he, do you want dinner he'd nod his head you know so i don't think it would be that so he'd be quite cool freddie would be just cutting things up all the time and you'd be like stop it that that would be annoying and he's as well as that his jokes aren't funny at all so so that's it i don't know it'd be difficult wouldn't it you know art the clown he'd be carrying around that bag too much and you don't know what's in there and you know i don't know so yeah maybe michael myers because you probably just wouldn't he wouldn't he would just sit there he'd be quite he'd just be company yeah <laughs> during lockdown he'd just be company you could talk to him he's, he's a good listener i reckon well thank you so much for being here this has been so much fun do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on the internet yeah, so the podcast is on every podcast platform. Just search for the Let's Talk Horror channel. Or to make life even easier, you can go to any of our social pages. I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Is That's one of them, isn't it? TikTok. We've got Threads now, which is a new one. I'm on there. And then there's also the Slasher app, I think, which is all for horror fans. I'm on there as now. Any of those. And then on YouTube as well, you can find the YouTube. Everything is is Let's Talk Horror channel. And, you know, just got loads of stuff, loads of stuff on there all the time. I do Instagram lives every month as well after the new episode is out. The latest, I think, by the time this comes out, the newest episode out would have been all about Reanimator. And that was a super fun one to talk about because that film's about as, as anarchy and punk rock as the 80s could be. But, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely everywhere everywhere and it's just me as well it's just me on my todd i don't do there's no co-hosts or anything i do it all on my own so that's why i'm so knackered all the time (laughs) well i can definitely relate to that i don't do youtube but this is just me on my own so yeah yeah it's tough isn't it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a lot of work (laughs) well thank you so much for being here i will see you around on twitter thank you for having me on though i appreciate it you're so welcome i will talk to you soon that's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with BP and thanks again to BP for coming on. I'll leave links to where you can find his channel, Let's Talk Horror, in the show notes. Let me know on Instagram what the last horror movie you saw was that actually scared you. I need to think about that for myself. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Who's There PC. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at Who's There PC at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and never ask Who's There.